I'll begin by saying Wednesday is Ash Wednesday in the Christian tradition. So it's the beginning of Lent. Um, Lent is a 40-day period in, in Western Christianity um, commemorating the 40 days that Jesus spent in the desert. And Lent is often a time when people, you know, give up something for Lent, you know. And so it, it's always an interesting question that, that, you know, even for people that are not Christian at all, it's, a, it's just an interesting question. What could I give up that no longer serves me in my life? You know, what, what, way, what ways do I have of being that are leading me away from whom I, I truly am? You know, these are, I think, always healthy questions to be reflecting on. So because Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, it means tomorrow is Mardi Gras, or also known as Fat Tuesday. One of the older names for this is Shrove Tuesday. In fact, today and sometime, sometimes in, in an old-fashioned old way is known as Shrove Monday. And it comes from this... Uh, this ancient kind of archaic word uh, to be shriven, um, which in the Christian context means to go and confess your sins and be forgiven. Um, but it really has this more archaic root of being sort of stripped down to one's essentials, um, to shrive. And so it really, it brought to mind just this whole theme of radical simplicity which is, which is the, the theme of my talk, and what does it mean to be in radical simplicity or to pursue radical simplicity. And I'm going to begin with a short poem. This poem, it's actually the lyrics of a, of a shaker melody called Simple Gifts, and you, you may well be familiar with these words. "'Tis the gift to be simple, tis the gift to be free, tis the gift to come down where we ought to be, and when we find ourselves in the place just right, twill be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, to turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right. It's a lovely uh, just it's lovely as a poem it's also a lovely little melody um aaron copeland used it to this melody to profound effect in in his piece appalachian spring which is a a piece i always listen to in the springtime so it's been been almost a calendar year since i've heard it so what is it to be simple and and in some sense, the, the easier question is, you know, what gets in the way of being simple? Um, it's sort of twofold what gets in the way of our being simple. One is just the fundamental mammalian tendency, the fundamental tendency of the mammalian brain to be absolutely fascinated by anything new and shiny, you know. And if you, you know, for anyone who has a cat, you know, you bring something new into the house, it is irresistible for that cat to go and explore that new thing, you know. And, and we're much in the same way, you know. Um, 
we have this natural draw, something's new, let me check it out, you know? Um, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, um, unless it becomes a place where we're, we're totally distracted and, and that, that let me check the new thing out becomes a way that we're constantly leaving ourselves. Um, and of course we live in a society that at this point, uh, just is shameless about putting an endless stream of new and shiny things in front of us, you know? And so part of the, the challenge of, of the time we live in is to maintain some kind of center, you know, with respect to this, this onslaught of things designed to appeal to us. So, so part of it is just the, the tendency of distraction and, you know, and especially in a culture that try, you know, has multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar industries designed to distract us, you know, this sort of thing. But part of what is difficult about simplicity, and I think the way to say it is, there's a profound link between simplicity and intimacy. And ultimately what is what is difficult about simplicity, it's the same constellation of things that is difficult about intimacy, you know. Um, if I'm going to be simple, I'm going to be real with myself. Well, if I'm going to be real with myself, I'm going to feel everything and I'm going to have to deal with everything, you know. And so everything that is challenging about being intimate with myself gets in the way of being simple with myself. Um... You know, I think it it's always been true that, you know, it's part of our design that we, we don't like to face painful things. We prefer pleasure to pain, you know. And, um, you know, in all periods of history, it's been hard to face those things that are painful. Um, but of course, in, in especially in pre-civilized tribal cultures and in, in you know, many earlier societies where people were living in villages or tribal units, you know, everyone was in everyone else's business. And, you know, if if there was some part of me that I wasn't dealing with, that was going to have an impact on everyone else and everyone else was going to let me know about it. And it was just going to be that much harder for me to hide from a part of myself, you know, the kind of enforced intimacy of, of, of village life or tribal life, which... Uh, which has wonderful aspects and, and not so wonderful aspects. And it strains that part of what we've done in this uh, material advanced, technologically advanced culture is we've gone to such extremes of separating ourselves and isolating ourselves, you know. And we, we call this progress, the fact that we're all living so isolated, you know. Um, And so one of the consequences of being, I mean, certainly there are some nicer things about being isolated and, you know, the sense of freedom and being able to do what I want. But uh, the downside is if there's something I don't want to deal with, I have no incentive to deal with it, you know. And especially when we're in this culture that that is so driven by immediate gratification, so driven by making it so easy to get exactly what we want, you know. I, I think there's all a way that we're a bit spoiled, 
living in this culture. You know, it's kind of an uncomfortable thing to look at, like, maybe I'm more spoiled than I think I am, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and the danger of that is when it's, when, when I apply that spoiled attitude toward inner states, you know, I want to feel this. I don't want to feel that. I don't want to feel that. So I'll push it away, you know? And of course it's the law of, of, Psych, the compensatory processes of the psyche that the more I push something away the more energy I give it and so the thing that might be simple to deal with immediately push it away for decades and I turn it into a giant dragon you know this sort of thing and simplicity is about being with all of that simplicity is about being real showing up with myself being real with what is feeling what is um and so often there's a lot of healing that I need to go through just to get to the place of simplicity. Um, but I want to go back to this idea, this link between simplicity and intimacy. Fundamentally, at a core level, what we need is very simple. You know, if you think about a newborn baby, you know, there's the baby's physical needs, but what does the newborn maybe emotionally need? Well, it's it's relatively simple. Baby needs someone to, needs adults to love them, mirror them, be attentive to them. You know, what does a toddler need? You know, needs the attentional approval and also the ability to explore, the ability to, you know, step into who they're becoming, you know, all that. And at a fundamental level, we're not too different from that. Um... And so it's always an interesting question. What are my real needs in any situation? What are my real needs? And what is, what is the self-created drama that I have that's preventing me from accessing my real needs? You know? You know, so intimacy is simple. What blocks us from intimacy is not always simple. You know? Another aspect of intimacy, of course, is being intimacy with our surroundings, intimacy with just everyday life. Um, and this is something we see in the Zen tradition, you know, this incredible intimacy with the processes of nature, just the, 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 the loving, fascinated attention they had to nature and all its bewildering details. Um, and ultimately, this is where mindfulness is leading us, mindfulness practice, just this simple being with what is, this simple intimacy with what's going on in our present moment. Um, there's this wonderful line from a, a poem by David White. He's talking about the, the Buddha, and he, he talks about how the Buddha is faithful to all things as he found them. You know, and that's, it's a beautiful line, you know. To what extent are we faithful to all things as we find them? And so intimacy and simplicity, um, of course, to be intimate with another, I have to be intimate with myself, you know. But there's a way also that even being intimate with another is incredibly simple. You know, and again, what gets in the way of intimacy, you know, all the permissions, you know, I don't have permission to have what I want or I'm afraid of what I want or, you know, like all those things get in the way. Um, but the actual raw connecting itself there's something profoundly simple about that. 
And there's something healing about connecting at that level of just simple, simple connection, simple approval, allowing, you know, all that. So I'll share the quote sheet now. First, I'll share it with the Zoomies. And then with the roomies. <laughs> Flashbacks to when I was teaching hybrid classes last spring. So I have the, the lyrics to Simple Gifts at the top. Tis a gift to be simple, tis a gift to be free, tis a gift to sit down where we want to be. And there's a lovely Amish proverb. The Amish are wonderful. Shakers are wonderful, and the Amish are also wonderful. Um, Adopt the pace of nature. Her secret is patience. Sometimes you don't need the things you need to enjoy the simple things. Quiet time, friends, family. From the Chinese sage Mengzi, or Mencius. He's the number two guy in the Confucian tradition, after Confucius himself. The Tao is near, but people seek it far away. What needs to be done in life is easy, but people seek for it in what is difficult. That one is very deep. You knew Mr. Thoreau would have to be on here somewhere. Thoreau said, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Live the life you've imagined. As you simplify your life, the law of the universe will be simpler. Frank Lloyd Wright said, as we live and as we are, simplicity, with a capital S, is difficult to comprehend nowadays. We are no longer truly simple. We no longer live in simple terms or places. Life is more com- a more complex struggle now, but it is valiant to be simple, a courageous thing even to want to be simple. It is a spiritual thing to comprehend what simplicity means. Zen master Kitaro Nishida said, if my heart can become pure and simple like that of a child, I think I can, I think there can be probably no greater happiness than this. Albert Schweitzer said, from naive simplicity, we arrive at more profound simplicity. I like that. Hans Hoffman said, the ability to simplify means to eliminate the unnecessary so that the necessary may speak. And that's just, that's a lovely question of itself. What in my life is unnecessary that's preventing the necessary from speaking? Henry Miller said, in simplifying our lives, everything acquires significance hitherto unknown. When we are one with ourselves, the most insignificant blade of grass assumes its proper place in the universe. One thing becomes just as important as another, one person as good as another. The lowest and the highest become interchangeable. The precious self gets swallowed up in the ocean of being. Parahamsa Yogananda said, Be as simple as you can be. You will be astonished to see how uncomplicated and happy your life can become.
this quote that I love from, from Serenis Gardata, the mind creates the abyss and the heart crosses it. The mind makes things very complex. The heart is very simple. Milton Erickson said, the unconscious mind is decidedly simple, unaffected, straightforward, and honest. It hasn't gotten all this facade, this veneer of what we call adult culture. It's rather simple, rather childish. It's direct and free. You know, and there, there's something profound about living in tune with that place within ourselves and also being direct and free in that way. Dag Hammarskjöld, that, that very wise man, said, If only I may grow firmer, simpler, quieter, warmer. The Zen teacher Taisen Deshimaru in uh, Mokishotu Mind, a, a book that was recommended to me by a friend, says, uh, A simple and well-ordered life is not, however, synonymous with routine. Zen teaching always emphasizes creativity. In the circle of daily life, in the repeated tasks done every day, but each day differently, there should be a fresh breeze, a freshness born of the discovery and deepening scent of our sense of things that we too often take for granted. You know, and the, the same is true of interpersonal intimacy. You know, interpersonal intimacy is simple, but it's not simplistic. It, you know, it's, uh, you know, at that level, there is a kind of, at a, at a core level, there is this kind of tidal nature to who we are, this ebb and flow of who we are. Um, and to attune to somebody at that level, you know, there's a, you know, tuning to that kind of dynamism. Um, at the same time, there's something simple about that. It's like the simplicity of sitting on the beach and watching the tide, you know. Alan Watts said, the meaning of being alive is just to be alive. It is so plain and obvious and so simple. And yet everybody rushes around in a great panic as if it were necessary to achieve something beyond themselves. Charlotte Joko Beck said, Awareness is our true self. It's what we are. So we don't have to try to develop awareness. We simply need to notice how we block awareness with our thoughts, our fantasies, our opinions, and our judgments. We're either in awareness, which is our natural state, or we're doing something else. And I love that. Just very clear. Either you're in awareness, which is your natural state, or you're doing something else. You know, And how often are you in awareness, and how often are you doing something else? <laughs> the Dalai Lama said if one's life is simple contentment has to come simplicity is extremely important for happiness having few desires feeling satisfied with what you have is very vital satisfaction with just enough food clothing and shelter to protect you from the elements and finally there is an intense delight in abandoning faulty states of mind and in cultivating helpful ones in meditation you know and, and think about just what it would mean to be a connoisseur of that pleasure of abandoning faulty states and cultivating helpful ones. Sharon Salzberg said, the simple act of being completely attentive and present to another person is an act of love, and it fosters unshakable well-being. Muji said, actually, being what you are is simplest. What is difficult is to stop being what you are not. It's almost too honest, you know. 
David White said, there's a giving up. There's a kind of massive inner corporate downsizing where large parts of you that didn't think you were worthy of your approaching had to be let go, had to go off and be employed elsewhere. This massive kind of radical simplification in what we call the soul, which is really the faculty of intimate belonging inside every human being. And finally, Mark Coleman said, nature teaches us simplicity and contentment because in its presence we realize we need very little to be happy.